The most important thing to forecasting is honesty and truth. There's nothing that can wipe out forecasting any faster or any worse than not being honest and not being truthful. You can only work with what you know is to be true. Welcome to Access Points, the podcast where we discuss the tools, habits, and ideas that can help you achieve and maintain the leadership mindset so you can reach peak performance. Are you ready for your all-access pass to some of the top minds on the topic of leadership? Let's get started. Tim Elliott, good afternoon. Hello, sir. Welcome back to the Access Points podcast. It's really good to be here. Man, it's been like a couple of minutes since, since we maybe, last time. Maybe six, seven minutes. <laughs> feels like forever. It's good to see you again. Absolutely. And for our listeners, welcome back. We're always excited to have you guys as part of this podcast as we talk about business topics, leadership topics, and find ways to collectively get better at this thing we call life and business. Yeah. Every day. Good topic today as well. And it's sales pipeline. Yes. Near and dear to my heart. <laughs> near and dear, especially the entrepreneurs and the operators that are listening to this is sales pipeline whether you're in B2B, especially in the B2B world, but even in the B2C world, right? Pipeline is, is incredibly important. And closing business, obviously, cash is king. You know, we, we use the pipeline to get to that number, but there's, there's so much more that goes into it, so much more that results from an accurate pipeline. So for us, I'm going to talk about access a little bit, Tim, and, and kind of how we build and how we come up with what our pipeline number needs to look like. Yeah, let me say this before you start that. One of the things that the listeners that you need to understand is, you know, in the healthcare industry, healthcare IT industry, our pipeline and our closing time. So from the time that we get a, a customer that's interested in our product to close can be anywhere from on the short run, six months. Typically it's 12 to 18 months. And in some cases we've had like 12 years. Mm-hmm. So it's a very long sales process. I know that, you know, some of you are listening are going, oh my gosh, ours is either longer or ours is like 30 days or ours is two weeks or whatever it is. So understand the context of what we're talking about in that, you know, you're look, you're talking about a sales process that lasts anywhere from six months to 18 months on average. So when we talk about pipeline, that's why this is so important to us is the pipeline that we're building today are things that are going to come out six to 18 months, 24 months from now. So go ahead. Cool. And I think the, there's applicability to this, whether, you know, your closing timeline is six weeks or six oh, yeah. years. Right? Oh, yeah. it, it, it certainly is the same. So, you know, we put a lot of effort a couple of years ago, Tim, into really truly understanding some of the numbers, some of the metrics behind how our business works. Um, and that's really, I think, where, where the pipeline starts, because if you don't know your closing percentage, if you don't know your conversion percentage, if you don't know the different elements and, and the different conversion times and rates from parts of the sales funnel, well, then you may as well just say that you're, the needed pipeline that you have is $5 billion because you, you're just not going to be able to know, right, right. With, with any high degree of accuracy. But for this, you know, we, we kind of reverse engineered as we generally know from, from budgeting what we need our revenue number to be right from new product. Okay. And then from there, you, you really almost have to understand as you take a step backwards from it is what is your closing percentage, right? Because from that point in time alone, if you have a 5% closing, then you know that that number needs to factor in. And all of a sudden your pipeline gets real big if you're trying to generate $2 million in revenue. But that's not the only two numbers. You have to understand what your conversion percentages are through different points in the pipeline. And for us, there's about three or four different points. But you know, we know the two big numbers and, and how we come up with with our pipeline, Tim, is and you know this is 
what is our closing percentage and what is our de desired revenue? And so then out comes this number that's relatively large that we call the sales pipeline. Great. Now we know at least what we have to target per rep or as a sales organization to how, how many people do we need to talk to? How many times do we need to talk to them, et cetera, et cetera, again, in order to build and maintain this pipeline. So there's the real quick hit, the numbers behind it. Right. And, <laughs> and if and only it, were that easy, right? You know, nothing's changed in sales from since the 1900s as far as the way things work. You know, it's a big funnel. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you've got, you got to put a lot in the top to get a little out of the bottom and not everything that you put into the top is going to come out in the bottom. And so knowing what those ratios are and looking at your history and breaking that down. And once again, that being the entrepreneur and being a visionary and not being a good analytics guy, that's not my specialty. You guys are better at that, but, but to look historically at what that has been and then follow that. Is it, how has that changed? Is it getting better? Are we getting better at that? Are we converting more? Is our conversion percentage better? Is it worse? Why? It, but knowing what that is, is so important to know what's coming, but also to look at if it's not where we want it to be, where do we fix it? Because the reality is, you know, it's hard to fix that when it's at the bottom of the funnel, it's hard to fix it there. Mm -hmm. You know, where you've got to fix it, it's at the top. Well, at the top, that's stuff you should have been working on 12 months ago, 16, 18 months ago. But, you know, seeing that early and seeing those numbers change or seeing those numbers flow differently allows you to make that change because the change we make today is not probably going to filter in until eight months, 12 months, you know, 18 months from now. Absolutely. And, and that's especially important when you're in our line of business, when you can have on average an 18 month closing time. Right. Because all of a sudden, if that drip stops at the bottom of the funnel, right. you can't just shove more stuff in the, in, in the top of it and expect it to turn around to bump up cash flow in the next quarter. Right. It just, it doesn't work that yeah. way. I mean, if you've got a 30 day close, sure. know, close, different story. Yeah. You know, you can work on some things. The things you work on today could literally change what cash looks like 60 days from now. Mm -hmm. You know, in the previous business, that's the way it was. Our close was t two to four weeks, sometimes six weeks. So you could actually make some changes and see those changes happen from a cash flow standpoint, you know, 90 to 60 to 90 days. Right. And we could, almost, we could, I could do a whole nother podcast on as that funnel gets bigger, how it really ends at revenue that you need to generate and starts at how many phone calls per day that your reps need to make and how many touch points and how many meetings they need to book and how many on-sites does right. it take to get a quote and how many follow-ups right. on the quote does it take to, you know, right. th there's, there's so much to that. But for the sake of today's podcast, we really want to talk about you've, you've got your number, you know that you need to have $10 million in pipeline on basically on a rolling basis in order to maintain the closing percentage and revenue that you need to be successful. Right. But we're going to talk a little bit about the real versus mirage side of things and the discipline that it takes as an organization to make sure that you are feeding an actual factual funnel to the boss. So we get into the non math portion of the <laughs> podcast. All right, I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> so we've had some uh, interesting forecasts over the last say nine years, 10 years. And I'm going to start off this little description to say this for the audience. The most important thing to forecasting is honesty and truth. There's nothing that can wipe out forecasting any faster or any worse than not being honest and not being truthful. You can only work with what you know is to be true. Every time that I've been confused by forecast, anytime I've been confused or not trusted what's coming in, every time it's been from someone not being honest about that forecast, whether that's a rep who's 
got a lot of hope, you know, and what will close and seeing their pipeline and saying, I know these are going to close to someone who's probably hasn't performed up to snuff and telling you that this is going to happen or telling you that these are real pipeline prospects and they're really not down to executives who are seeing what that forecast looks like and changing it to make the entrepreneur feel good. Mm -hmm. And so we've seen it all and I've dealt with it all. And I can tell you that nothing's worse for me than a untrustworthy pipeline or forecast. If you see that there's a pipeline there or that there's a forecast of things that should happen, if you find out that a lot of that's not real for a guy like me, it can throw me into a tailspin. And I then don't trust anything. I don't trust the sales group. I don't trust anybody in the company because now I feel like someone's not being honest with me and I don't know where to turn. And things get real ugly real quick. And my mood changes. I become a complete a-hole. And I'm trying to find out what's going on. And then people start covering their butts and somebody's going to be gone. And just because there's lack of trust there. It's trust and accountability is really what it boils down to. And this is where is whether you're a sales leader or the operations leader or however your organization is broken down is how do you build in accountability and discipline and then subsequent trust into your machine to make your sales pipeline real. Yeah. It's, it's a tough thing to do. And I, a lot of it starts with this like philosophical debate about quantity versus quality when it comes to lead generation, right? Because it's not the, the bottom line is it's not hard to game the system. It's, it's just not right. That exactly. And that's, and that's really what it comes down mm -hmm. to, but that's the problem. It, it's, you know, if you want your reps to make 20 calls a day, like that's your number, you just draw a line in the sand. You need to reach out to 20 healthcare facilities per day. Well, they're going to do that, but what's the truth and lending behind how many of those contacts are real? How many of those contacts do they actually reach out to? How do you, how do you quantify that? And of course we do that through HubSpot and et cetera. But, but again, it's, it's not hard to, to game that system. And so, you know, how do you establish a quality metric and a quality element of that? And also as a leader, how do you follow up and hold that rep accountable to the things that, that he or she says that they are doing? And, and to me, the only way you do that is to be involved with the process. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you two examples. One was about a year ago and we had a young man that was working in our office in sales, first sales job. And we required the reps to make so many calls a day, set up so many onsite meetings. And so, you know, the system was showing, they're making the calls and, you know, Hey, setting up a meeting. So, you know, ask, Hey, has, you know, what about this account? What about that account? Oh yeah, I've got a, I've got a meeting set up in South Carolina and it's here and it's going to be that. And I said, great, what's, what's the date? You know, who's going to be there? And they kind of told me who it was and what the date was and, you know, marked in his calendar, these going out there, the whole bit. And uh, so he was a little bit surprised when I said, great, I'd love to go with you. <laughs> and this happened three times in about four days before the meeting, before we were supposed to leave, every one of them got canceled. And after digging around a little bit, the reality is none of those were real. But if I wouldn't have said this is the case, then he might've gone and played golf and put something in the system that the meeting went like this and the meeting went like that. And yeah, who would have known? Right. So part of that is to be involved in the process. And, uh, you know, fortunately enough, we have a really good VP of sales that watches over that, that asks the right questions. You don't want to micromanage, but at the same time, it's really important for your sales group that you're completely involved in the process and you're involved in some way on every sale. You don't have to be involved with the client, 
but be involved and know exactly what's going on. Two reasons. Number one, is this real? But most importantly, how can I help you? And that's just really good sales management. So that's the first story. Second story, several years ago, we had a very high level executive at this company. Jim was no longer here. And I would get on every Friday in a forecast call. So I'd get on the call, say it was at 10 o'clock in the morning, have the call, talk through, here's what's coming in. This is what looks good. This is what it is. And this high level executive was leading the meeting and tell me about it. And my VP of sales was quiet. So I would hear all this, these things and go, wow, okay, wow. I didn't think all that was going to be coming in, but super. That's awesome. I'm glad I can count on that. And month after month after month, these things would push or they would push and they would push. And some of it wouldn't get, a lot of it wouldn't get closed. And finally, after about four months, I get a call from my VP of sales and said, Hey, I just want you to know, I can't do this anymore. So what are you talking about? He said, I can't, I can't do this anymore. Said, I get a call 20 minutes before I'm meeting with you. And we talk through the forecast and he says, this is what we're going to tell Tim. Of course, my response was, Oh, really? Okay. Well, why don't you tell me what's really going on? Tell me what really we're looking at. It's like, man, I think only this is going to happen. There's five things that I thought were going to happen. Really only one thing's going to happen. And as an entrepreneur, as a, as you know, as an operator, listen, we can only work with what we know. Mm -hmm. And if we're only going to get one in, then we need to make plans for one coming in. If we're going to get five coming in, we make plans accordingly so that we can put projects together to count on five, five of them coming in. So either way, it's okay. I just need to know what I'm dealing with. And to not know the honest truth of what that is, you can't work with it. So you listening can probably know exactly what happened. I can no longer trust this gentleman, this high-level executive with the company, to tell me the truth about anything. And it went on, and I kind of played with it a couple more months, and sure enough, kind of the same thing. So I would literally have a call with the high-level executive, and then 45 minutes later, I would call and get the real deal from my VP of sales. So it didn't take very many months till that gentleman was not here anymore. It all comes down to that he was a good guy and he was really smart and he'd been in the industry a long time. But when it comes down to, he wanted me to hear what he thought I wanted to hear. And as an entrepreneur, as an owner, as an operator, we just need the truth. And if I know the truth, I can work with the truth and we can't fix things if we don't know what the truth is. So if the numbers are low, if, if the closing rate's not there, if the forecast's not there, just tell me, let's fix it. But I can't fix what I don't know. Awful hard to pay bills on uh, push deals. Yeah, and, and on hope, right? Yeah. Hope, hope's not a strategy. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it really, it starts with accountability and discipline at the top is, and I think really the, the sales leader is the linchpin. I think is really where up and down the accountability element for this comes in. And, and really that's why Mike is so good at what he does. Yeah. And and he, it keeps him up at night. One of his Clifton's is, is belief. And he loves and believes so strongly in what it is that we do that he's, he's the perfect person for that because he does, he gets and stays involved down to the account level when appropriate with the reps. And is willing to be completely accountable for it. He really, he really is. And, and he does it from i I'm not trying to micromanage you. I'm trying to help. I'm trying to support. I'm trying to lead mentor guide and also be that guy that can help step in and close a deal. If that's right. something that, that our people aren't very good at, but also I know when he and I meet, cause he and I, you know, talk regularly about the pipeline because I know Monday morning that that thing needs to be on your desk mm -hmm. um, or else I'm going to get a ping at about 
805 saying, where the hell is the sales forecast? Well, right. Black <laughs> which, which last happened, on Monday. Which happened. Well, Tuesday was out <laughs> Tuesday, Monday. Okay. Yeah. I was, I was on a, I was on a wine tasting, uh, but anyway, different, sure. different podcast. So again, the accountability down and the accountability up and Mike had Mike, holds himself accountable, but there's also that accountability metric in there for me. And, and right. I know again, that I can look at the forecast and say, wait a minute, we need to change something on the front end of this thing, because I can look at my little crystal ball and say six months down the road, I see a cash flow dip because mm. there's an X amount of percentage dip in the sales pipeline. Right. So what do we do? How do right. we fix this thing? Because again, when you're in a business, especially B2B, when things don't close overnight, you're not a commodity, you have to have continuity and you have to have consistency. And most importantly, you have to have clarity and actual numbers to that pipeline. Absolutely. What was it uh, President Reagan said about when he was talking about the Russians and the nuclear treaty? Was it trust and verify? Mm -hmm. Trust, but verify. I, I trust that these are right. And now I'm going to verify that they're right. And that's that accountability part that you're going to ask the question what it is. And then you're going to ask, show me why that's where you begin to get the truth. And, and not that they're trying to be bad, not that they're trying to do things wrong, but they need to know. And it's important for you to tell them that it's okay. If the number doesn't like great, I just need to know the truth so we can fix it. Right. So as long as there's that trust on both sides that, you know, if you give me a number, that's not great, I'm going to fire you. Well, that didn't, that doesn't help anyone. Mm -hmm. Right now over a long time, if they're not getting the job done, yeah, that's a different story. But I would fire someone way faster for lying to me than I would for them not doing 100% of the job that I want them to do. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that that's the inherent flaw behind the quantity approach to, to cold calls or whatever element of sales is that you are basically forcing them to have to, if, if they're not meeting the numbers and the quality leads aren't there, they're going to have to find that number somewhere. And a lot of times it's going to be from thin air. And the other side of that that I'll throw in there is that sales people, they're different. It's a, it's a different type of human. It is. But they're very similar to everybody else. And that the fact that they're going to get away with what you allow them to get away with. Right. That, that's just the, that's just human nature. Right. They're, they're going to, everybody defaults back to their lowest level of preparation. And boy, having a podcast on salespeople is probably a three part series. Wait, we ought to do that with Mike. Yeah. You and Mike are the perfect two to do that. <laughs> you, you would love that when you, <laughs> I'll, I'll be golfing. Yeah. So, you know, I, I say that because I was one, I am one, right? Mm -hmm. I consider myself because that's where I started. But boy, it's, we're a different bunch. And the psychology behind what goes in on our heads is scary. It's a tough, tough job. Like everybody, every job's tough, but it's a weird, crazy, up and down, rejection, ego, man. I mean, you just make a bunch of bullet points of what all it takes to do that. But it's tough. It's a tough gig. But the good ones rise to the top. Absolutely. And look, if, if you're a salesperson, sales rep, and you're listening to this thing, drop us a comment, send us some feedback. How do you guys stay disciplined? How do you guys hold yourselves accountable? And if you're a sales leader, how do you do it with your team? You know, like let's, let's use this platform to be able to share tips and tricks for, for how we make it better. Because again, we, we know that we all exist on pipeline. Right. And we'll read those and we'll talk about those when we get to a sales podcast. That'd be great. Maybe even steal your ideas. There you go. <laughs> exactly. But you know, once again, that I'll start with this and I'll end with this. The most important thing you can do with forecasting is honest and be truthful. Most important thing. You don't know what you got if it's not true. Hard to pay bills on hopes, man. <laughs> 
Yeah, I've tried it before. It doesn't work so well. <laughs> I, I think that's a good place to wrap this thing up. And for listeners, like I said at the beginning, we certainly appreciate you guys listening. You guys are what makes Access Point what it is. And again, we always want that critical feedback, whether it's on a comment through the webpage or going to our Twitter, our Instagram, our Facebook, and letting us know how we can make this thing better. Interact with us. Let us know. And uh, Tim, appreciate your time. And uh, I'll see you tomorrow at about 8.05 when you're wondering for the, where that sales report is. <laughs> I'll be looking for it. <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. See you.